Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the College Football 365 podcast. I'm your host, Don Callen Crowley. I'm joined by Marty Leap this week. Anthony is off doing some med school stuff. Uh, but uh, sorry for one that we did not get a recap episode out this week regarding uh, week 10. Uh, we are quickly going to go through the week 10 results, but very, very quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, going to go through that today. Going to complain about the college football playoffs for about five minutes. And then we're going to preview week 11 here quickly in a, in a shorter episode, we hope. Um, so Marty, I'm going to get just right into the results. Uh, you can jump in uh, at any point that you wish. Uh, if you have any thoughts. All right. Week 10, we'll just go 1 through 25. We start at the top. Georgia, you guessed it, dominated Missouri 43-6. to This is a game Missouri had a 3 nothing lead and then got outscored the remainder of the game 43-3. to uh, Not nothing shocking here. This Georgia team is one of the most dominant teams we've seen in a long time. And I would argue maybe since that, uh, I think, 2013 Florida State team, the Jameis Winston, uh, season in which they just dominated everybody really from start to finish. Uh, number two, Alabama beat LSU 20-14. LSU almost upset Alabama here. They had a couple opportunities late in the game to upset the Crimson Tide, but just couldn't get it done. Bryce Young had a nice game, 24th for 37, 302 yards and two touchdowns. Jamison Williams had 10 receptions, 160 yards for one touchdown as well. Um, like I said, LSU had their shots here, but just weren't able to come up with the big plays when it mattered. Um, the biggest upset of the weekend, Purdue takes down number three, Michigan State, 40-29. to It's the Boilermakers' second top five win of the season as they upset Iowa earlier this year. Purdue quarterback Adrian O'Connell with a game to remember, a game we'll be talking about for a couple years, for not even just a couple years, but far down the road, uh, 40 for 54, 536 passing yards and three touchdowns. David Bell, had another big day, 11 receptions, 217 yards, one touchdown. Purdue isn't a world beater, but, man, this team has stepped up to the plate when they've come across these big, uh, bad top-five-ranked teams. Uh, not even this year, but uh, in the Jeff Brom era and in just Purdue football in general, they, they've they I think, have the second-most wins all-time against top-five opponents. Um, it just – Ridiculous when you consider the Purdue program as a whole. Number four, Oregon beat Washington 26-16. Uh, this was, wasn't was a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination, but Oregon gets the job done. They avoided the upset in this one. John Donovan ended up getting fired after this game from Washington, a move that uh, really a hire that never should have been made. Um, number five, Ohio State feeds Nebraska 26-17. Nebraska, like LSU against Alabama, had some opportunities in this game to win this one, but just couldn't get it done. It's the story of the Nebraska season. They have had plenty of opportunities to win games late, but just aren't able to come up with the big plays. Uh, number six, Cincinnati beat Tulsa 28-20. to uh, They were on upset alert here for a while. Uh, got out to a 14-0 lead. Tulsa came back uh, in the second quarter to make it 14-12 at halftime. Uh, thankfully for Cincinnati, a 14-point third quarter. Uh, put this game just out of reach for Tulsa as uh, uh, Tulsa did tack on eight points in the fourth quarter, but uh, weren't able to get the upset done. Michigan took care of business against Indiana 29-17. 
North Carolina upset number nine, Wake Forest, 58-55, the second straight year that this has been an absolute barn burner of a contest. Uh, and uh, also worth knowing that this was a non-conference matchup. So it doesn't affect Wake Forest's abilities to potentially make the ACC championship championship game this season. Uh, Wake Forest sits, sits now at 8-1, and one, still potential to get 11 on a 11 win season in number 10 wake forest defeated navy 34 to 6 number 11 oklahoma state defeated west virginia 24-3 the oklahoma state defense once again comes up really big in this one the offense left more to be desired once again but uh that defense is certainly for real this season baylor went down for the second time this time this time this sorry went down for the second time this year, this time to TCU in their first game without Gary Patterson as head coach, 30 to 28. Texas A&M defeated number, sorry, number 14, Texas A&M defeated number 13, Auburn, 20 to three uh, behind a, a really strong defensive effort, obviously, and a big fourth quarter effort. This was a 6-3 game going into the fourth quarter and Texas A&M was able to get 14 points on the board in the fourth uh, to pull away. BYU defeated Idaho State 59-14. Uh, the number 15, the then number 15 ranked Cougars uh, improved to 8-2. and two. Uh, Hugh Freeze's return to Oxford did not go to plan. Uh, Ole, number 16 Ole Miss Rebels defeated uh, the Flames 27-14. Arkansas defeated number 17 Mississippi State 31-28. Will Rogers had 417 yards and four touchdowns for Mississippi State, uh, but the Bulldogs were not able to get a win here in uh, what was a really fun game. They had a shot to tie this time expired, but uh, came up short. Uh, number 18, Kentucky fell for the third time this season, this time to Tennessee, 45-42. Tennessee scored 45 points, I think, with having less than nine minutes of total clock possession. Just an unreal game offensively out of uh, the Volunteers. And Josh Heupel has his team one win away from bowl eligibility. Number 19, NC State defeated Florida State 28-14 behind a nice day from Devin Leary, 21 for 32, 314, and four touchdowns. One of the bigger surprises of the weekend, number 20, Minnesota fell to Illinois 14-6. Illinois now has four wins on the season, two top 25 wins. Uh, a nice defensive effort here from the uh, fight and line eye there. Uh, Minnesota, a disappointing uh, effort here, obviously. Uh, didn't really see this one coming. Uh, number 21, Wisconsin ha finally had a big day offensively. Graham Mertz uh, passed the ball more than 10 times. They put up 52 and a 52-3 win over Rutgers. Um, Iowa defeated Northwestern in a, well, a very Big Ten game, uh, to say the least. Final score of 17-12 to here. Iowa, uh, like I said, takes home the victory. Number 23, Fresno State fell to Boise State 40-14. to uh, a game I, I thought Boise State could win, but did not see the domination coming out of the Broncos in this one. Number 24, San Diego State went on the road to Hawaii and brought back a victory 17-10. And Pittsburgh got back in the win column after falling to Miami uh, two weeks ago with a 54-29 win over Duke. Marty, that's all the top 25 results from Week 10. Do you have any thoughts on the Week 10 results? No, I think really my biggest takeaway, obviously Purdue-Michigan State, um, that was Purdue's 16th win all time. 
against a top five team when they're unranked, which is pretty remarkable. They have a top five team again this weekend with Ohio State, but Purdue's ranked now, so their their magic appears to only occur when they are unranked. Um, and that's for Alabama, LSU, man. Honestly, that's a game LSU probably should have won. Alabama did everything they could to give it away in the fourth quarter, and LSU just gave it right back to them. So I think those are my two biggest takeaways coming out of the weekend. And, I mean, excuse me, to circle back to Ohio State also, you know, they did not look great against Nebraska, but in the end they got out of Lincoln with a win. I think that's what matters. But, yeah, it's obviously the biggest news of the weekend in terms of the top 25 was Michigan State falling to Purdue. Yeah, I agree with on all those fronts. Uh, again, it's another week where I sit back and I really think that Georgia is the only team that's really separating themselves in, uh, from the pack of being a true title contender. I just don't think this Alabama team necessarily has what it takes this year to uh, find a way to beat this Georgia team. The offense for Alabama has left a lot to be desired this year. I don't know if that's the play calling, the personnel, the execution. But, um, yeah, it def- definitely feels like Georgia's just by far and away the best team in the country this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Georgia this year, I'm not going to put them in the same group as, you know, like a 2019 LSU or anything of the sort. But there's no doubt that they are by far and away the best team in the country this year. And I think that's a good comparison you made earlier comparing them to Jameis Winston in uh, Florida State when they won it all in 2013 because this Georgia team has just absolutely dominated everybody. And while this isn't an all-time great team like that team probably was, because of Georgia's shortcomings, I think they still have an offense. There's no denying the way they have just taken one opponent by the next this year and taken the game by the throat and just choked the life out of them. Yeah, and I I, I honestly totally blanked on 2019 LSU when I was going through the top 25 just trying to get through it all. But um, I'm trying to remember, did Ellis, because the thing about that Florida State team was they legitimately dominated every game and it wasn't close, except I think the national championship. LSU, did, did they dominate like that Florida State team? They did offensively, obviously. Yeah, no, but they didn't have the dominant victories like Florida State did. I mean, LSU that year, I remember they beat, they beat Texas week two. By a touchdown, they had a game against Auburn that they won by three. Yeah, they struggled with Florida, Oklahoma, one or uh, Alabama, excuse me, one score for score with them. Yeah, so they didn't just absolutely. I, I think talent wise, you could definitely make an argument that's sure. the most talented team in the history of college football. Absolutely, but that 2013 Florida State team just dominated everybody, and yeah. we really haven't seen a team since the Knowles in 2013 just come out and dominate absolutely everybody like Georgia has done this season. Yeah, I, I was just looking at the schedule while you are talking, and you're right. They they defeated uh, t- Texas 45-38. Um, but you look at it, and, yeah, they put up a lot of big numbers in the 50s and 60s offensively, but they go, gave up 38 points to Vanderbilt. They gave up 28 points to Florida. Twenty. They won 23-20 against Auburn, 46-41 against Alabama. Gave up 37 against Ole Miss. Um, yeah, they, they really just didn't have that that dom- true dominant defense like that Florida State team did, and obviously this Georgia team. This Georgia team is kind of almost, I feel like, the opposite of that LSU team. You're going to look back on this Georgia team, and you're going to look at the offensive numbers, and you're going to be like, oh, that was a really damn good offense, but it wasn't an elite offense. 
Um, and then LSU, on the other hand, really damn good offense, but the defense wasn't by any means elite either. Uh, let's get into the college football playoffs now because each week it feels like it gets worse than the last, and this has been for the last few years. So here's how they sit heading into week 11 of the 2021 season. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Oregon. Number four, Ohio State. Number five, Cincinnati. Number six, Michigan. Number seven, Michigan State. Number eight, Oklahoma. Number nine, Notre Dame. Number 10, Oklahoma State. Uh, we'll get in through the rest of the top 25. But out of those top 10, let, let's bring our attention, I guess, first to the parents of three, four, and six, seven. Three, four, I mean, if you're asking me right now, who's better, Oregon or Ohio State? I would say Ohio State is the better team right now. But it seems like the head-to-head matchup there between those two teams is the reason Oregon is the number three team in the country and Ohio State is the number four team in the country. Now let's drop down to 6-7 with Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State just two weeks ago defeated Michigan uh, at home and showed that they're the better team head-to-head. Then they lose to a, a good Purdue team this past week. Michigan wins against a bad Indiana team, and Michigan jumps them. Um, I feel like if they're going to – now, if Michigan State fell further than seven here, I would not have an issue with Michigan being ahead of them. But, I mean, I just – I don't see how just because that lost Purdue, if you're going to rank Michigan State seven, you can say by – you're basically saying that without a doubt the team they just beat two weeks ago is now better than them. When a couple, when two weeks, when just last weekend, Michigan State was the number three team in the country and Michigan was seven. I mean, I, I just don't get how head to head doesn't matter in this situation when it matters in Oregon versus Ohio State. Yeah, you know, it's very clear that head to head only matters for the committee when they want it to matter. Um, the Oregon Ohio State stuff, honestly, is a moot point anyway because. If they both win out, they're both in. And I don't know about you, but I have zero confidence in Oregon's ability to win out anyhow. Um, yeah, the Michigan-Michigan State stuff makes no sense. These teams played two weeks ago. Michigan State beat them. Michigan State did not just beat them. They came from behind to beat them. By all accounts, they were the better team on the field that day. Um, if you want to tell me you're going to rank Ohio State ahead of Oregon because you think Ohio State's a better team, I'm on board with that. First off, it's been, what, almost three months since they've played. Second off, anyone with a set of eyes can tell you Ohio State's a better team right now. And, you know, even you move further down the rankings, you talk about the head-to-head only matter and they wanted to. You have Auburn, who I think is ranked, what, 18th? Wisconsin is like 20th. And then you throw in Penn State, who's unranked. All three of those teams have the same record. Penn State's beaten Auburn. They won the road and beat Wisconsin, and they're not ranked, even though those teams are. So they've made it very clear very clear that um, the head-to-head only matters when, when they want it to matter. So, yeah, yeah. And as you point out, they're Auburn 17, Wisconsin 18. So, yeah, it's just the, the head-to-head only matters for the committee when they want it to matter. I think my biggest takeaway from Tuesday night, it is very clear, they're still doing absolutely everything in their power to make sure the SEC gets two teams into this thing. Um, Dylan, me, you, and Anthony joked the other day in our text group that Mississippi State had no business being ranked 16th, especially when they might lose to Arkansas anyway. And we all agreed, well, if they lose Arkansas anyway, it doesn't matter. Arkansas is going to rank in the top 25. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So Alabama doesn't lose a top 25 victory in the process. 
I mean, I don't know. The, the The playoff is the right way to do it. The selection committee's a crock of crap. Honestly, I'd rather just go back to the BCS format at this point and let the computers pick the playoff teams. Uh, I, I fully agree with that. Before I, I get in my thoughts, um, I don't know if our listeners are going to be able to hear it, but uh, I, I think your uh, your your cat wanted again some words about the top twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Bucky's in the background giving his input, so we all know how he feels. I mean, it sounds like he's pretty agitated about it as well. So yeah, it does. The, the committee is angering both people and cats alike. I mean, I I think well, I I think he can get uh he he can probably pick a better top twenty five at this point. Um, yeah. So my my thoughts, I, I fully agree with the Penn State thing. I mean. I'm not saying Penn State is a is better than number twentieth in the country right now, but to have them not in this top twenty five at at six and three, but have a Utah team who has no quality wins there in, at number twenty four, Arkansas, I, I, I they could be a top twenty five team, but I don't think they're better than Penn State. Um, Purdue is in there at six and three. Auburn and Wisconsin, two teams Penn State have beat are in there at six and three. Those three teams I just mentioned rank 17, 18, and 19 respectively. I mean, I, I just is is Illinois that bad of a I mean, at this point, Illinois has four wins, including two top twenty-five wins. I, I don't understand how you're punishing Penn State for that loss to Illinois when a, you just said that Penn State is a good win for teams. And B, I mean, Pittsburgh, who's ranked 21 now, has a loss to Western Michigan, who just, I, I know it, it, this is after this week's poll came out, but just struggled with potentially the worst team in the entire country last night. Oh, in Akron. I, I mean, sorry, that's that's disrespectful. The UConn and UMass are pretty pretty bad. Um, to one of the five worst teams in the country in Akron. I mean, it's just th- these playoff rankings get become a joke every every week, uh, bigger joke. And I like you said, I think we go back to the BCS at this point. It's probably better off because, I mean, all, th- the system's broken and it's it's ridiculous. Um, any final. I, let me quickly run through the rest. Um, number 11, Texas A&M. Number 12, Wake Forest. Number 13, Baylor. Number 14, BYU. Number 15, Ole Miss. Number 16, NC State. Number 17, Auburn. Number 18, Wisconsin. Number 19, Purdue. Number 20, Iowa. Number 21, Pittsburgh. Number 22, San Diego State. Number 23, UTSA. Go Roadrunners. Uh, number 24, Utah. And number 25, Arkansas. Oh, also, I, I don't get how Wake Forest falls three spots with a loss to a North Carolina team that's been underachieving but talented. But Baylor falls one spot because of a loss to TCU, who prior to this last week was a very poor team this year. I just – this is, I don't get it. It's not worth complaining about. Let's go into this week's matchups uh, in the top 25. On Thursday night, so when this podcast drops, um, Thursday, number 21, Pittsburgh hosts North Carolina uh, at home. Pittsburgh is six and a half point favorite. The over-under set at 73. This game can be watched on ESPN at 7.30 p.m. Uh, the the annual Pittsburgh home game on a Thursday night. Uh, usually, usually this game turns out pretty decent. 
so I'm going to be honest here, Marty. I like North Carolina to outwin this one outright. I, I don't know why. Pittsburgh has the better defense here. Pittsburgh has a good offense. But something's telling me that North Carolina is going to win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think Pitt's defense is terrible. Uh, they've really struggled all season, especially in recent weeks. I mean, last week, Duke's offense was competent against Pitt's defense, which is saying something. Um, so I think they're going to have a lot of problems stopping this Tar Heel offense. It seems like they have finally found their groove. And, you know, Pat Narduzzi in his career has not been good against North Carolina. Um, he has lost to some really bad North Carolina teams. There was, I think it was Larry Fedora's last year when they went like 2-10, and 10, and one of those wins was against Pitt. For whatever reason, Narduzzi's always struggled with the Tar Heels. Throw on the fact I don't think Pitt's defense can stop North Carolina's offense and give me the Tar Heels in this one. And as a side note, if the Tar Heels do get this game done, it will be the 40th straight season in which the Pitt Panthers have lost at least three football games, which is incredible. An incredible mark of consistency. All right. Well, we are in unison that North Carolina is going to pull the upset, which means Pittsburgh's going to win. Um, on Friday, number five, Cincinnati hosts South Florida on ESPN2. 6 p.m. kickoff. That's an early kickoff. Uh, Cincinnati, 23.5 point favorite here. Sorry, did I say Cincinnati hosts? Sorry, Cincinnati goes on the road to South Florida, um, which I'm going to say something quickly on that. Um, Cincinnati, 23.5 point favorite over under 57. I know this is probably commonly talked about, but why is the University of South Florida um, located in like Western Central Florida? Because Tampa Bay is not South Florida, at least in my mind. No, I agree. Um, apparently, whoever founded the university did not go to school for geography classes. You know, they must have missed those days back in like the fourth grade when they were learning how to read a map and whatnot. But yeah, that is one that's always blown my mind as well. I mean, Orlando is not that much for, further north than Tampa Bay is. Um, and I... I mean, it's, yeah, it's Western Central Florida. Um, whatever. Uh, this is pretty easy. Uh, give me Cincinnati win this one, and I think they actually covered this week. They've been playing some poor football of recent, but this South Florida team is just really bad. Give me give me Cincinnati to, to win, and, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. The Bearcats get it done. Um, you know, like you said, they have not played well lately. We've said all along – if they are going to somehow sneak into the playoff, they need to start uh, just obliterating teams. It's a real possibility that ship has already sailed for the Bearcats, but at the same time, it's never too late for them to start to finally just start beating teams up like they need to do. Agreed. Um, also, I would take the over in North Carolina Pittsburgh at 73. It's a big number, but I'd take the over. Oh, I would too. I didn't even know what the over was, and I was going to be ready to bet the over tomorrow. Um, yeah, that's just those are two offenses that can go. Those are two defenses that I think are terrible. I totally agree. And you know, you might have the two best quarterbacks in the ACC in that game as well. Definitely take the over. Um, Cincinnati, South Florida. I would actually take. Uh, I'll take the under because I, I think Cincinnati could put up forty some points here, but I don't know if South Florida's getting more than like thirteen here. 
Yeah, and with the South Florida offense, that'd be questionable. So I would take the under for that lone reason. All right. Um, Saturday we go. Uh, number two, Alabama host New Mexico State. Alabama, 51.5 point favorite, over under 67. On We're not giving a pick against this spread because it's ridiculous. Um, I don't even think this game is worth talking about. Alabama is going to win by a lot. Agreed. As the next game up is number six, Michigan, going on the road to University Park to take on the Penn State Nittany Lions at 12 p.m. noon Eastern ABC. It, it, it's not a wideout. Penn State's calling this a helmet stripe game, um, but it's going to be a cold one up there. It's going to be rainy. People are going to be wearing white. It's going to be a whiteout in Happy Valley, but it's going to be there during the day. The last time these two teams met in a whiteout, um, even though this isn't officially whiteout, was uh, um, during the day was 2015. And that was a game kind of similar to this. Penn State was uh, had a worse record at this time, I believe. But it was a, a very good Michigan team going up against a Penn State team that had some stuff to play for, uh, but it was having a rather disappointing season. And Michigan kind of walked away with an easy victory in that one. I don't get that sense this week. I think this is going to be a really close game, and I really have it as a toss-up right now. I mean, I haven't, I've yet to make my prediction over at Nindy Nation for this game. Michigan sits at a one-and-a-half-point favorite over under 48-and-a-half. I, for one, know I would hammer the under on this one because I think, honestly, this score ends up 23-20. to 20. I just don't know what side it, it's going to be for. Yeah, I'm with you and hammering the under. Um, I also think a factor in this game with the under is you have a Michigan team who's going to look to run the ball a whole lot, which is going to chew up a lot of clock as well. Um, I think a big story, though, going into this game could be injuries. Looking at it for Michigan, Cade McNamara appears to be banged up. Andrew Anthony's been in a concussion protocol. They don't know if A.J. Henning is going to play. It does not look like Blake Corum is going to play, which is a big factor for that running game because you – they're going to force Haskins to take on a lot more carries than he normally would then. So I think the injuries will definitely play a role here. You know, I also get to make my pick for Blackshirt Diaries. I, I could definitely see this game going either way. If the weather conditions were a little bit better, I think that would favor the Nittany Lions because I think they're going to try and look to throw the ball a lot more than Michigan, obviously. And this is going to be more ground and pound kind of weather. So if there, if there ever was a week for Penn State to finally find a running game, it would be this weekend because they're probably going to need it. But, you know, if I had to be forced to make a pick right now, I think my belief that Penn State still cannot run the ball would lead me to picking Michigan. But I certainly am not going to be surprised if the Nittany Lions are victorious on Saturday afternoon, especially in front of what should be a pretty a pretty jacked-up crowd at, at Penn State. You know, this is Penn State's opportunity to make it three wins in a row over Michigan, which is something that I'm not sure they have ever done in program history. So there's still something there to play for for Penn State. Checking on what you said about Penn State winning three straight, Marty. So I'm checking on Winsipedia. Penn State has actually won at one point four straight, and they've won three straight twice. Uh, the last time they won three or more games was 2008, 2009, 2010, and then 2013, which was the 43-40 overtime game. Um, prior to that, they defeated Michigan three straight times from 94 to 96. Uh, Michigan owns the series 14-10 all the time. What really changed the tide in this one was from 97 to 2007. Um, they played every year except 2003, 2004, and uh, Michigan won 
each one of those games. But since 2008, Penn State is 7-4 and four against the Wolverines. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that Penn State has had more success against Michigan than I realized just goes to further reiterate why I just – it blows my mind why people continue to view Michigan as a superior program to Penn State where no matter how you want to slice it, Big Ten championships, overall wins, head-to-head wins, whatever it is, since – 2005, so, you know, over 15 years at this point, Penn State has been a much, much better program than Michigan. I, I, I totally agree with that. For the sanctity of the podcast, I will give a pick of Penn State 23-20. to 20. I think I think Jahan Dotson, once again, has a big player, too. We didn't, I mean, we didn't talk about him, um, which is a shame, but oh well. Uh, give, me, give me the Nets 23-20. Uh, yeah, so you, you're so you're you're taking the Nittany Lions in a close one, Lisa. I think I would probably right now lean Michigan in a close one, but I do agree with what you said about the Penn State rush defense. If we get the Penn State rush defense, we've gotten all year as opposed to what we got in the Illinois game. Michigan could be in a lot of trouble because I don't think Michigan can throw the ball to begin with, and that's before Cade McNamara was injured, and that's not in the crappy conditions they're going to be playing in on Saturday. All right, we move on. Um, number eight, Oklahoma host number 13, sorry, number 13, Baylor host number eight, Oklahoma in Waco, 12 p.m. Fox, Oklahoma five and a half point favorite here, over under six, two and a half. If Spencer Rattler was still the quarterback, starting quarterback, Oklahoma, I would take Baylor to win this game. But Caleb Williams has just been playing so damn good since he took over. Give me the Sooners here to win. I think a good one, a high scoring one. I'll take the over of 62 and a half. Um, but yeah, give me Bay, give me Oklahoma to win this one, and give me Oklahoma to cover. Yeah, I'm with you on the Sooners winning and covering. Um, I think one thing that's gonna be very interesting to watch with Oklahoma these next few weeks. You know, they probably have at least three, if not four, ranked opponents left when you factor in the Big Twelve Championship game. With where they're at in the playoff standings, I think Lincoln Riley's not just gonna be looking to win football games; he's gonna be looking to make a statement in football games. And I will feel very comfortable taking Oklahoma, the points, and Oklahoma overs these next few weeks. I think the Sooners are getting ready to go in and run here where they're not just going to beat teams. They're going to beat teams and make sure they find their way back into that top four. Because I think we all agree Oklahoma with Caleb Williams is a completely different football team than Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler. Absolutely agree with uh, your take on the game. Uh, let's go on to 12 p.m. ESPN. Number 17, Auburn hosts Mississippi State. Auburn, a five-and-a-half-point favorite here. Over-under of 50. Uh, this is a tough one. I could see Mississippi State winning this one, um, but it's hard to go in against this Auburn team. I think they bounced back from last week's loss uh, to Texas A&M. This Mississippi State defense not – nearly as good as that Texas A&M defense. So I think Auburn will get their fair share of points here. Um, give me the Tigers here to win. Give me the Tigers to cover. I think they barely cover. I think they win by maybe a touchdown, uh, somewhere between six and ten points. Um, and I would take the – I'll take the under of 50. I see this as like 26-20. Yeah, and with you give me Auburn in this one, um, I also could see it being a lower-scoring game. I just think ultimately Auburn's the more talented team of the two. Um, I've said all along, 
I think there was an argument to be made that Auburn's the second best team in the SEC West behind Alabama. I mean, obviously last week Texas A and M probably laid claims of that, but I still think Auburn is definitely a good football team, and I, I think the Tigers are going to get it done against Mississippi State. All right, next up we have number 18, Wisconsin hosting Northwestern, 12 p.m. ESPN2. Wisconsin, 24.5-point favorite here, over under of 41. Man, is that a low over under, um, but I don't I, I don't blame them. Um, this, is, this is a tough one because how much do you believe in Wisconsin's offense against a bad um, Rutgers team? This Northwestern team isn't terrible defensively. They're uh, averaging 26 points against um, this season. Um, man, this, this is a tough one, honestly. I, I really don't know how to go with this one in terms of the spread. Give me I, – I, if it was 24, I would say give me Wisconsin a push, but – since it's 24 and a half, give me Wisconsin to give me Northwestern to cover, but barely. Um, and in terms of that over under was at 41. So if Wisconsin gets 20, 30, uh, give me the over. I, I just think, I think Northwestern gets maybe two touchdowns here. And if Wisconsin gets to 28, 30 points, it's going to go over. Yeah. I think I'm also going to take the over just for that reason. I very well, very e- easily could see this thing being like 28 to 14 in the turn. You know, I still, even after last week, I still have a hard time trusting Wisconsin's offense. Um, I still think Wisconsin probably somehow, some way, because of Wisconsin winds up putting the Big Ten West. But I still don't trust that offense. So, but yeah, I think they'll find a way to get it done. But this is going to be the, this could be one of those games that's just the epitome of Big Ten football. Both teams run it 50 times. We're punting the ball. It's disgusting. It's ugly. It barely looks like football. But in the end, hey, that's that's where Wisconsin shines. All right. And I also don't – I just – I still don't trust um, everybody's favorite quarterback, um, Graham Mertz. So I actually lied. Ohio State isn't off, and neither is some other teams. Um, I thought Ohio State played Purdue on Saturday. Yeah, this usually it shows me them as they're ranked. Um, but uh, you know what? I can just delete this and I can delete that. So, um, that takes us to 2 p.m. Pack 12 Network, Utah, 24 point favorite over Arizona. Arizona finally got on the win column last week. Um, I don't think they'll win this one, though. Over under set at 54, by the way. Um, I like the, you know, 24, I like the huge, and I still don't think Arizona is a very good team. That Cal team was, um, as we know, really stricken with COVID and that just really bad situation. So give me Utah to win this one and cover because I, I just refuse to believe Arizona can Keep this one close. This Utah team isn't world beaters, but they're they're a good enough team. Yeah, I'm with you. Honestly, I was absolutely shocked. Arizona won a game last week. Um, I fully expected them to go 0 12 this year. So hey, good for good for Jed Fish and Wildcats. 
That said, I think Utah is, it's not going to surprise me if Utah goes on to win the Pac-12 championship this year. Um, so yeah, give me the Utes to win this one and cover pretty easily. Number one, Georgia plays Tennessee, 3.30 p.m. CBS, UGA, 20-point favorite, over-under of 56. By the way, give me the under in Utah, Arizona. Um, Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee's been playing some really good football play. We've talked about them a lot. That being said, this Georgia defense also talked about it. One of the best defenses we've ever seen. I, I don't see Tennessee. I, I think Tennessee can put up maybe what Georgia hasn't given up a lot more than like 13 points all season. I think Georgia, I think Tennessee could put up 14, 17 points here, but I just think Georgia finds enough offensively to cover this spread. Give me Georgia to cover and give me the under. Cause I, I only think Tennessee gets 14, 17 tops. And I think Georgia probably sits in that 30, 35-point range. So it'll yeah, be close, Georgia, but give me the under. Georgia gave up 13 points to both South Carolina and Kentucky. Um, outside of that, they've got a pair of shutouts. They've given up seven twice, six once, ten, and three. So, yeah, they've been pretty damn dominant. That said, this Tennessee offense is one that really has seemed to find its footing in recent weeks with Hendon Hooker. Um, I definitely could see them making things interesting for a quarter or so. Um, but in the end, yeah, I'm with you. I think Georgia wins. Um, I definitely could see this being like a 34 to 14, 34 to 17 ish type of game, but yeah, give me the Bulldogs. They get the job done and, and take down a, what has been a much improved Tennessee team and a tip of the cap to Joss Heupel. Cause this team has been much better this year than I anticipated the volunteers being, especially after the team that I watched against Pitt in week two. Number 19, Purdue will look for their 17th, 17th top five victory of all time when they travel to Columbus to take on the house. No, no, they, they have 16 victories over top five teams when they are unranked. Unranked. That's oh. the magic for Purdue. They're ranked. They're all screwed right. this weekend. They're they don't screwed. have a chance because they're ranked. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um, number 19, Purdue looks for a second straight top five victory then against number four, Ohio State. ABC, 3.30 p.m., Ohio State, a 20-point favorite, over-under set at 62. Give me Purdue to cover. Give me a, give me the over as well. I think Ohio State plays pretty well offensively in this one. I just think the Purdue defense – sorry, the Purdue offense gets on the board enough here to cover the spread. But I, I think Ohio State still – it may be a push. It may be a push, but – I still think Ohio State wins this one rather comfortably. Yeah, same as me. I think Ohio State wins. I think Purdue covers and give me the over. I mean, I definitely could see a scenario where Purdue covers and Ohio State's never really in danger in this game. Yeah. You know, it's not hard it, it, to envision it, this thing being like 45 to like 31, 45 to 35, where Purdue gets a late touchdown in garbage exactly. time and they go closer than it is. Exactly. Now, that said, Purdue's defense this year has been really freaking good. Yeah. Um, George Koloftis is a dude who is going to be a very high draft pick, potentially a top 10 draft pick. Um, so, yeah, it, they have the players to make this difficult on Ohio State. I mean, obviously, you know, you have maybe the best receiver in the Big Ten and David Bell right there with Jahan Dotson in that conversation. 
But yeah, I think the Boilermakers have the players to make Ohio State sweat this one out. But it could be similar to the Ohio State-Penn State game where Purdue, you know, has a lead. They're always within striking distance, but you never really feel like the Buckeyes are going to lose. I definitely could see this game playing out very similar to that. Number 20, Iowa host Minnesota at 3.30 p.m. Big 10 network, Iowa 5.5 point favored. Over-under 37. Dear Lord, what an over-under. Um, I'm going to be ballsy and say give me the under. Um, and give me Iowa to cover this spread, but I don't think it's by much. I This is going to be one of those really ugly football games like Wisconsin-Northwestern, and it's going to be... I mean, the final score is going to be something ridiculous. It's going to be like 15-12. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah, it's going to be another game that's going to be a disgrace to the game of football. Um, you have Minnesota who just wants to run the ball, and even though they're on their third <laughs> running back, um, they are essentially almost like an option offense at this point. Iowa's offense is just totally inept against everybody and anybody. So, yeah, this game could come down to, like, field goals and safeties, which would be peak Iowa. But, yeah, I think, you know, I I would probably pick Minnesota just because ultimately I think their offense is a little bit better than Iowa's. But I, I the only thing that would surprise me, I think, in this game is if there's a lot of points scored. Otherwise, there's going to be nothing surprising because it's Iowa and Minnesota and it's the Big Ten West and these teams stink. And it's going to be 15 to 13 with field goals and safeties. All right, moving on. Number 23, UTSA at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus takes on the 1-8 Southern Miss. Um, where are they, the, the Eagles there? The Golden Eagles. Golden Eagles. Yeah, the Golden Eagles, the Southern Miss. Um, Brett Favre's alma mater, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Yes, you are, you are correct. Home of Brett Favre. The only reason I remember that is – my defensive line coach in high school went to East Carolina and the greatest moment of his life was sacking Brett Favre three game, times in a game between the Pirates and the Golden Eagles. Well, there you go. That's a pretty cool moment to have. Um, that being said, Southern Miss is going to get their, um, is going to get wrecked in this one. UTSA is a 33 point favorite over under 54 and a half. Um, give me, Oh, give me UTSA. To win, I will take. Let me see what Southern Miss is doing offensively this year, because this old, this UTSA defense isn't great, but Southern Miss is only averaging thirteen point seven points per game. Um, so yeah, give me give me UTSA to cover. I mean, thirty three points is a lot though. This is a tough one, I guess, spread wise. Uh, I'll take the over, because um, I don't think it's going to take much for UTSA to put up forty. Um, but I could see Southern Miskin, uh, fourteen or so points here. So I'll take the over, but barely, and give me Southern Miss to cover, just because that's such a big line. Yeah, I'm with you. I think UTSA wins. I definitely would take the over because I think you know they're capable of scoring forty plus themselves. See, so yeah, I think the Roadrunners win this thing pretty easily. All right. Number seven, Michigan State hosts Maryland at 4 p.m. on Fox. Michigan State, 13-point favorite here. Give me Sparty to win this, bounce back from last week's loss, and cover against the Terrapins here. Third, Cover that 13. Of the over-under of 61, 
I'll take the under. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me Sparty. I think they win. I think they cover the spread. Um, I'll also take the under just because I don't think Maryland's offense is all that great, and I could see Michigan State being in a let's just get in there, get a victory, and get the hell out of their mode. Number 11, Texas A&M at 7 p.m. on ESPN. goes on the road to number 15, Ole Miss. And it's going to be a good game. A&M, a two-and-a-half-point favorite, over under 56-and-a-half. First of all, I will take the over of this game. I know Texas A&M's defense is really good, but I think this Ole Miss, this Ole Miss offense really does seem to step up in the big games and the big moments the most. Uh, and I think Matt Corral thrives for these types of games. Um, that being said, I think A&M is the better team. I think they'll be able to, be able to put up points against this Ole Miss defense. Um, but now, see, but now I think about it more, and I like Ole Miss to win this one outright. This is a tough one. What's your pick? I think Ole Miss wins it. Um, I agree. This is a difficult one to call, but I think just my trust, my belief, whatever it is, in Matt Crow on that offense, that's where I'll take the Rebels. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think I just don't trust Zach Calzada if this turns into a, um, into a, uh, blow for blow game. I know he did against Alabama, but I, I just don't know if he has another performance like that. Cause that was legitimately the best football game he's probably ever played in his life. So um, yeah, give me Ole Miss to win, even though I think a and is a better team. Um, 7.30 PM ABC number nine, Notre Dame goes to Charlottesville to take on Virginia. Notre Dame a five and a half point favorite over under 64. First, if Brennan Armstrong plays in this game, I do like the over. And if Brennan Armstrong plays, I like potentially Virginia to pull off, pull off the upset. If Armstrong is out, give me Notre Dame to win and give me Notre Dame to cover. And give me the under, too. Yeah, I'm with you. This game hinges completely on the health, on the health of Armstrong. I think if he plays, Virginia's got a real shot of pulling this off. But if not, I think the Irish probably win it pretty easily. So it's all just going to hinge on whether or not Brennan Armstrong plays for the Cavaliers. 7.30 p.m. ACC Network, a ranked versus ranked matchup in the ACC. Uh, number 16, NC State, goes to Winston-Salem to take on Wake Forest. Wake, a one-and-a-half-point favorite over under 66-and-a-half. First, give me that over. We just saw what we saw Wake Forest not be able to stop North Carolina's defense. This NC State offense is pretty damn dangerous themselves. Um, man, this, this, another really tough one here. I really like Wake, but something in my gut is telling me NC State's going to win this game. I'm just amazed we have a top 25 matchup in the ACC. I, I, I was going to say wild. that. Like, I, I did. I didn't know. I mean, when honestly, outside of maybe an ACC championship game, has there been an ACC top 25 matchup since Florida State was still good and they played Clemson? Maybe a Virginia Tech-Miami game? I honestly don't know, but... Yeah, it's. I, I would probably take NC State also. I think with Wake Forest, I really like Hartman. I really like that offense, but I think the Wolfpack are the better all-around team. And this is not a, a, a knock on Dave Clawson at all because he's tremendous. But I think um, NC State, their head coach name is, is escaping me at the moment. And I Dave Doran? Yeah, Dave Doran is one of the – I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the, in the country. So give, give me the Wolfpack. I think it will be a close one. Definitely could see it going either way, but I think the Wolfpack gets it done. 
Yeah, that's how I feel. I think their defense is their defense is very good this year, only allowing 16 points per game and just over 320 yards. So give me NC State to win. Um, even but I, I really do love this Wake Forest team. They're just so much fun to watch. 7:30 p.m. SEC Network, Arkansas, two and a half point favorite on the road in Baton Rouge against LSU. Oh, man, LSU, where are they mentally after almost beating Alabama last week? The last two games are coming up now with Ed Orgeron. Arkansas, on the other hand, finally gets back in, not finally, but uh, gets back in the win column again against a FBS opponent uh, last week. But, I mean, this LSU team has been, I know they've lost four of their last five, um, but they've been playing some decent football the last few weeks. I just, this is a, Tough one. Part of me wants to take LSU, but uh, I just don't know if I can trust that LSU defense to hold off Arkansas enough in this game. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think LSU has more talent on the entire roster, but like you said, with where they're at mentally, and also Arkansas, you have Sam Pittman who's building the program right now. These players seem to love to play for Pittman. I think for those reasons, I would take Arkansas. That certainly not surprise me if LSU gets done. I will, I'll, I'll take Arkansas just because I, I, I just don't trust that LSU defense. And we saw LSU have the opportunities to win a game last week, and I know it's Alabama, but LSU just couldn't take advantage of this week. And part of me thinks they're just going to be mentally spent after that. Eight PM on Fox, number ten, Oklahoma State plays host to TCU. Oklahoma State a thirteen point favorite here. TCU got a nice win under Jerry Kill last week, but uh, I I don't see them beating this Oklahoma State team. That offense for TCU just hasn't been great this year. Um, Oklahoma State, on the other hand, okay offense, but that defense is elite. With that, give me Oklahoma State to win this. I think TCU covers the 13-point spread, but I think Oklahoma State still wins by double digits. Uh, and of the over under 54.5, Give me the under. Yeah, I agree with all that. Give me the under. Give me the Cowboys. Um, I think you really have to wonder if TCU kind of like, you know, shot their shot last week, basically. I mean, it's and, it's a classic. It's classic in football, NFL and college. After your coach gets fired, you usually win that first game for whatever reason. Yeah, but I yeah, and that's when you see them crash back down to earth the following week. And the each factor in Oklahoma State, like you said, borderline elite defense. Cowboys still have a lot to play for. If they win out and they're setting their 12-1, Big 12 champions, two wins over Oklahoma, they would have a legitimate shot at getting into the playoffs. So I think that's going to be a factor here also. So give me the Cowboys. I think they cover it. I'd also take the under. All right, we head to Pac-12 after dark. By the way, Pac-12 after dark this year has just been abysmal and boring. Uh, number three, Oregon uh, takes on Washington State at home. Oregon, a 14-point favorite here, over under 57. I will take the over of this one at 57. I think we see at least uh, 60 points in this game. And give me give me Oregon to cover. Yeah, give me the over. Um, Washington State, I think, is a better team than people realize because of all the nonsense of Nick Rolovich and all of agreed, that. Agreed. So it's not going to stun me to see Wazoo beat Oregon. Part of that is because I just don't think Oregon is that good. Um, but, yeah, I think the Ducks get it done and give me the over. And 
you know, Pac-12 after dark, listen, you can sit here and you can, you can crap it on all you want. But last Saturday night, watching that fox run around in that field in Tempe, that was some high-quality content at 11 o'clock at night when you've had more than a few beers, and a lot of things are funny at that point. So I will give Pac-12 after dark that big plus for this season. You're not wrong. Not wrong at all. Washington State, by the way, winners of four of their last five. They started this season one and four. Sorry, one and three. Yeah. One and three. And have are now five and four in the season. Yeah, like I said, they're not. They are a good football team that no one wants to talk about the kind of football team they are because of all the nonsense with Nick Rolovich. And then finally, 10.30 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network, San Diego State, two-and-a-half-point favorite over Nevada. Uh, this is another really tough game. I mean, the San Diego State offense this year um, – is good. Their defense is also very good. Nevada, on the other hand, has a very good offense led by Carson Strong, and they have a quality defense. I mean, if this turns into a shootout, I'd like Nevada to win this one outright. Um, but I, I do wonder if San Diego State will be able to hold off that offense just enough. Um, that being said, give me Nevada to win this one and can San Diego State their second loss. And I will take over under a 50, 46. Give me the over. Well, Dylan, the way you started talking there, I thought I was going to be the only one picking Nevada to win this game. But yeah, give me the Wolfpack. Um, give me the over. Uh, in a game like this, I think you have two pretty evenly matched teams. Give me the team with the better quarterback. All right. Well, that's all the top 25 action of this upcoming weekend. Uh, in terms of non-top 25 games, going to give it a quick little uh, glance here. Um, see if there are is anything that does stand out. Um, Wyoming versus Boise State's an interesting matchup. Boise State at 13.5 point favorite there, over under 48.5. Um, I have no really pick, no pick for that one, but that is an interesting game. Um, will Clemson put up 40 points this weekend? against UConn because they're a 41-point favorite. Um, Man, that's tough. Like, it's weird to say that's tough, but <coughs> Clemson's offense has just been so bad. I, I, they have to, right? It, uh, I think they have it, to. They have to, right? They just they have to. I, it's, yeah, give me the Tigers, like, 42 to nothing. I mean, there's no way UConn – probably even get the first down in this game but man Clemson has to get the 40 points they just they have to it's, it's UConn here's an even better question when we're talking about bad teams UMass this weekend plays Maine who's four and five so not a very good FCS team but UMass just the last time they played lost to the University of Rhode Island 35 to 22 does the Minutemen lose another game to a FCS school this week? Um, I'm going to say yes. I don't know much about Maine football, obviously, but I do know that they're the Black Bears, and I feel like Black Bears, you know, in a fight would eat a Minuteman. I, so, yeah, give me give me Maine to get it done. But Minuteman got gun, do have guns. Yeah, but it, we're talking old style like muskets here. They got one that, shot. They missed. Yeah. They better start running like hell because you're going to have a pissed off bear after you. That's true. Uh, UCF versus SMU. Over under 60 and a half. Give me the over on there um, and give me SMU to cover and win that one. Um, 
Yeah, like definitely. The over in that game seems like some pretty easy money. Uh, keep going through here. Just uh, Miami, Florida State. Miami, two and a half point favorite here. I do like Miami to win that and cover this one. I think Tyler Van Dyke is a pretty damn good quarterback there. Give me the Hurricanes. I think they have found their quarterback in the future in Van Dyke, and they just kind of see the, seem to be a team in general that's turning the corner, finishing the season strong, and you know probably saving Manny Diaz's job in the process. Um, Kansas versus Texas. Texas third and a half point favorite here. I mean, does Kansas Kansas upset Texas upset Texas again? It's been a few years now. I mean, I hope so, just because a it's fun to make fun of Texas, and b like. Kansas deserves it, but I I can't. I, I just how are they gonna tackle B. John Robinson? That's 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 my question. Give me the Longhorns. And yeah, I think that uh, that's all of them this week. Worth noting, USC versus Cal this weekend is postponed due to Cal's COVID issues. Uh, any other topics you quickly want to uh, quickly mention, Marty? As we before we wrap up. No, I don't think so. I'm just gonna think. I'll close out the show. The same thing I've said the last two or three times. Now we wrapped up shop. Uh, we're into November now. We've only got a few more weeks of just the wall-to-wall action of college football on Saturdays. You know, sit back and enjoy it because in a month from now, we're going to be wishing that we had this. I 100% agree with that, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of this College Football 365 podcast. My name is Don Karen Crowley. He's Marty Leap. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, and do I mean, we say it every week you guys know it um and we'll talk to you guys uh this upcoming week to recap uh week 11 hopefully and hopefully it's a good week enjoy the football everybody have a good weekend